Hello everybody, welcome to this edition of The Coaching Conversation. In this series, we're looking to help business owners, business leaders see how coaching can help them and their teams be the people they want to be, achieve the things they really want to achieve in their life. We also aim it at fellow coaches. What we're really looking to do is to show them our experiences and hope that that inspires them and helps them develop their own skills and practices. I'm Graham Wiley. I've been coaching business leaders and business owners around the world for the last two decades. Nothing more to say now other than get ready, get comfortable. Here comes this edition of The Coaching Conversation. Hello, and in this edition of The Coaching Conversation, I thought you might find it interesting if I shared with you some of my experience of coaching people from around the world, coaching people who perhaps English isn't their first language, people who live in fundamentally different societies with different values, perhaps different legal structures and different um, ethnic, religious and political benchmarks compared to what we're used to in the United Kingdom. I've coached people from Beijing, throughout Europe and across America and South America, as well as in Scandinavia. And I can positively share with you that as a qualified professional executive coach, the job's the same regardless of the background of the coachee. Fundamentally, the job of the coach is to help that coachee identify what's important to them, identify what they want to change in their lives, particularly as an executive coach in their career, and set themselves goals, levels of attainment, improvement, development that they'll achieve during the course of that coaching program with you, whether that's six months or 12 months or whatever it is. And by using your coaching skills, by using all of the techniques and experiences that you've had as a coach, you help them navigate that journey. And when I say help, you guide them, you encourage them, you support them, you hold them to account for the progress that they've committed to make. So what are the kinds of problems that you're going to get? Well, well clearly language is an issue. I, I, I'm not a linguist. I do speak English. Some say not as well as I should. I have schoolboy French and even less schoolboy Spanish. Um, but that doesn't really get me much more than buying a beer and a couple of postage stamps. The truth is, provided they can speak English reasonably well and they can understand English reasonably well, my ability to ask them questions, to challenge them, to say something supportive will work. And so provided I am sensitive to the kinds of phrases I might use, I try not to use too many idioms, too many um, slang phrases or too many abbreviations 
possibly too many acronyms, provided I try to keep it to readily used and understood English, particularly people who've been taught English in a working multinational working environment, then I'll make it more effective for the both of us. One of the slightly more complicated and nuanced areas that I found is when the culture of this other country is fundamentally different to the culture of the UK. We do live in the UK in a very liberal society. We do respect other people's views. We do respect other ways of life, be that sexuality, religion, whatever, age, you, you name it. We are very sensitive, very accepting of the fact that we're not all the same. In certain parts of this world, we all know, don't we, that's not true. And they have perspectives of perhaps sexual diversity. They have perspectives on the working environment. They have perspectives of the relationship between the worker and the employee that are different to what we are used to. And the way that I've tackled that is to be very open about it and ask them to explain some of the challenges they might have if, if I've ask them to consider a situation or to reflect on a situation that's happened to them or consider a, a challenge that I've given them, why that would be more difficult for them in a way that I might not understand. And so, for example, a general manager in an organisation in a country, it was China, where society is very different and it's very hierarchical. And the boss is the boss. He's, he's, he or she is the boss by definition, not necessarily by capability or anything else. And they have a, a status that they need to maintain and a, um, a way of interacting with their staff, which isn't as informal as, as we're used to. And so that was a learning curve for me and as I absorbed that, I could adapt the way in which I was asking questions and the kinds of responses I was expecting. Coaching other people, particularly people who've got challenges that take them into um, an arena that they're very, very unfamiliar with. So if you're coaching someone in say, a, a communist business, a communist society, but they're working alongside people in a free Western economy, how do they adapt to that? Because there is a, 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 a huge opportunity for a disconnect between understanding how the two societies work, even in a business context. How do you help them bridge that gap? Well, the simple answer is you identify the gap and you help them work out how they're going to deal with it. And obviously there is inevitably going to be, more often than you care to think, issues around social values, whether that's the role of women in society, whether it's the role of religion in society, whether it's the um, fundamental freedom 
of, of speech and, and so on. These are aspects that you have to be extremely sensitive to when trying to encourage your coachee to adopt certain changes to the way in which they behave, some of the ways in which they go about their work. And if they come back to you and, and say that won't, that won't be a, a credible possible route for me because it will cause me, you've, you've, you've got to understand what it is they're saying to you rather than believe they're just dodging the issue. Another aspect, which is really an interesting aspect, is that success for some coaches in different societies is not the same. We might have a very black and white perspective of success in an executive coaching program is new skills, fit for the next promotion, financial gain. Those things might be very straightforward. In other societies, it might simply be status. In other societies, it might simply be the ability to serve their master, their, their boss, their um, employer in a new way. And so success for them might not look like the success that we would naturally aspire to in the West, certainly in the UK. And so once again, the issue here is sensitivity. The issue is exploring these differences and letting them play them back to you in a way where you can absorb them, understand them and bring a sense of balance to the way in which you are supporting them through the programme. So there you have it. How do you coach people from different societies, from different backgrounds, different languages and different cultures? How do you do that effectively? And I think I've given you some clues. See you again soon. Bye-bye. So there you have it. That was the latest edition of The Coaching Conversation. Hope it was useful. Hope it did what it was meant to do for you. If you want any more information about our coaching practice, it's at the executivemindset.co.uk. While you're there, you can book your own free session, which will give you a much deeper insight to what coaching can really do for you. If you enjoyed the session, please give us a good rating. And if you want to reach out for further information, do email me at theexecutivemindset at sagegreen.com. That's about it for this time and look forward to seeing you next time. Bye.